0: Good morning, Gretna family. This is Pastor Rob. I am oddly standing here in an empty sanctuary um, and hoping that we are gathering online this morning. I hope that we are all watching, that we are all expecting God to do a wonderful thing, not just in this world, but among us. Uh, We know that that is such an important part of what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ and we'll get into some of that more this morning. I wanna point out a couple of things to you though. If you look to on the right side of your screen, you will see a chat window. That small chat window has four people in it uh, that are there just to respond to your texts um, and, your, and, your, and your needs and your prayers and all of the things that, that we need to do to communicate and connect with one another. Uh, Nita Wilkinson is there, Tom Beatty is there, Gregory Cloninger is there and here's a secret, I'm there which leaves you maybe asking something, how can you be in both? Well, we're recording this actually on Sunday evening and it's really, a lot of it is uh, for two reasons. One, we're afraid the internet won't keep up if we have to stream it way out here in the cornfield. And two, um, this is our first shot at this, so we fully expect a whole lot of glitches and bumps, right? And we need a few minutes to try to work through those before we show it to you on Sunday morning. We are thankful that you are here with us. Uh, We are thankful that the body of Christ, we still in this day and age have an opportunity to meet together even if it is utterly differently. The way things are gonna go this morning, I'm gonna open us in a time of prayer. I would encourage you if you want more information on other things we're doing to check our website or to check our Facebook page or Instagram, follow us there. But I'm gonna open us with a time of prayer and then Tom, is gonna lead us in a song or two of worship. We're gonna spend some time uh, doing an an online offering, tithing, and then we're gonna go into the word of God and probably close with a song too and a prayer. Sounds a lot like a normal Sunday morning for us. So are you ready to go? I know I am, I know Tom is, and I know Gregory who's back there working is too. Let's pray. Father God, we are so, so humbled and so thankful to be your children. This last week or two has just been one strange occurrence after another, constantly shifting, constantly changing. The news we hear is different every 20 minutes and that can be a challenge, it can be difficult. There are those among us who are sick that are actually unable to see their families right now because they are in the hospital and and that is just something we just don't understand. But we see your presence in all of it. It's times like this in which the church has historically come together and pulled together in the face of adversity in which the body of Christ has recommitted itself to you and to what you desire to accomplish in this world. I believe that is very much one of those times. It's now. Father God, I pray a sense of peace and thankfulness upon all who are watching today and uh All who need to hear your word and hear of your son. Please, Holy Spirit, we welcome you. We pray that you will be upon us throughout this entire service and that you will be on the lives of those we are connecting with on a Sunday morning and beyond. Thank you, Lord, for your strength, your mercy, and your grace, and most of all for your son. It's in his name that we pray, amen. What a blessing that is to have so many people in our church that can... Help us draw closer to Him in music. Music, such a powerful thing. Uh, Tom is so gracious to do it this week. My hope is that we will kind of, throughout this, however long this takes to get through this season with the virus, that we will um, rotate who comes in and who provides worship for us as members of our body. We have a supremely talented group of people. So, if you want to find out who's going to do it, you're just going to have to watch every week to find out. So. I, we've already mentioned it a couple times. This is weird. Uh, this is is weird. I, you know, I'm when when I'm preparing to speak and when I'm, I'm getting ready to speak, it's it's usually been after a morning of just this, just seeing the people of God. And if I close my eyes, I can see it. Right, I can see people coming through the door. Um, I can see hands being shaken, and I can see hugs being given and prayers and smiling faces and sometimes tears of sadness and gathering with one another when we need to, to watch out for one another, to be the body of Christ together. There's even a few families that I can see coming in late because you know you do every Sunday. And there's a few that I can I can see that I know will be out there as our security team. And I can see Tom and Tom And Daryl sitting behind the computers over there is our sound and lights and slides and computers. and, And I can see all those things. But right now, if I open my eyes back up, as I look out, I see empty pews, except for Tom and Gregory, but largely empty pews. As I was going through this week and kind of working on this, there was only one other time in my life I can think of when I felt this way. And it was uh, with a a restaurant company that I used to work for called The Cooker. And uh, The Cooker was good to me. Cooker is where I met my wife. Uh, The Cooker is uh, where I started uh, learning to uh, appreciate and love people. It's really where I started learning whatever it is I know about leading. Um, and it's, it holds a lot of wonderful, incredible memories for me. And I can do the same thing. I can close my eyes and I can see where my wife was sitting that first time I met her at table 91. And I can see uh, all the people bustling around in their white shirts and ties and green aprons. I can see it. But I left the cooker. Um, because the, the company went bankrupt. And what reminds me of this was me being in there on the last day of the restaurant. I had to be the one to tell everyone we weren't gonna be together anymore. I had to be the one to shut off the lights and make sure everything that was gonna get taken by a vendor was taken and make sure all the, the removals were done and everything was cleaned up and make sure the power was off to the whole building. And I remember that moment of walking out the door and just kind of looking around and thinking, wow, I don't know what I'm gonna do next. And if I try really hard enough, this could feel like this too. This could feel the same. But the fact is it's not the same. You see, this, this isn't, a restaurant, this isn't the cooker. The cooker was a place that served meatloaf and pot roast and that's how you knew that's what it was. What was special about the cooker was the people. It was the memories created there and it's the, the love that was felt there. And yes, I'm eating the love of my life there. That's definitely high on my list of things to do. But it reminds me, I, I, I recognize as I'm feeling a little melancholy, I go, you know, the church Is not a building either the church is the people the people of god and just because this building is empty today it may not be empty tomorrow it may not be empty in three weeks it may not be empty in six months it who knows just because it's empty today does not mean the people of god have gone anywhere you see, when the cooker closed, we no longer work for them. We are no longer part of that family. We spread apart and go our different ways, but but just because our doors are locked, or just here at Gretna, or just because there's nobody in the room doesn't mean that we've left the family of God. We are still his people. If we, if we go through this, this we, God reminds us that we are the, the, these things. We are a holy priesthood. It says in 1 Peter 2, 9 and 10, but you are a chosen nation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his possession so that you may proclaim the praises of the one who called you out of the darkness and into the marvelous light, right? We're this holy priesthood. We still, we remain, even though the pews are empty today, we remain a family, this family with deep roots. Ephesians 2 says it this way, it says, so then you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with the saints. We are part of that same family and members of God's household. That's a powerful thing. Built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets with Christ Jesus himself, as the cornerstone. And the lights off and the empty pews don't change that. It says we are a body of difference makers. If you look in Luke 4, verses 18 and 19, Jesus is repeating Isaiah and he says, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor and he has sent me to proclaim the release, the release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set free the oppressed and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. He says that we are still, today, now, we are still, even though we're not meeting here today, we are still peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the sons of God. It's Matthew 5, verse 9. And, and as we talked about that last week, in Matthew five fourteen through 16, it says, You are the light of the world, a city situated on a hill that cannot be hidden. We are still the light in the darkness, designed to shine honestly, even brighter in moments like these. In this time, though, it can be difficult to embrace those things. In this time when the uncertainty kind of clouds our vision and makes it really difficult to see what's ahead, we can get very, very nervous. In this time when there's a a thousand thoughts running through your head, and you're just going, what am I gonna do next about this, that, and the other? And you're, you're dealing with changes. I, I saw a post on Facebook the other day where somebody said, um, I've been homeschooling my child for one hour and 11 minutes, and I am now convinced that t- all teachers need to make a billion dollars a week. These are, these are changes that we are just not used to in our lives. And there's a thousand different thoughts running through your head, I gotta tell you, as Tom said, he's got children in different parts of the country. My daughter's in Kentucky right now and there's nothing I can do. I will tell you that I'm always happy, always happy to hear from my mom and dad, but I gotta tell you that today when I talked to them this morning, something special about hearing his voice and just having my dad say, we're doing fine, we're okay. Because in times like this, we wonder about those we love so much and we're concerned and we can't fix it. And it's hard. Even though we know intellectually, all these things I just said about being a holy priesthood and a a family with deep roots and and a body of difference makers and a group of peacemakers, it's hard to see those things. Those are not things that us not being able to sit in the same room together should be taken away or should disappear. Those are the identifying markers of what it means to be the people of God that always have. And with that in mind, there's a a couple of things I wanna try to to get to today. The first we've already kind of mentioned, it's the church is a people, not a place. Matthew 16, 18 says, When Jesus is speaking to Peter, it says, And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overpower it. Still the same church. We are empowered by the Holy Spirit for a mission. Acts 1, 7 and 8 says, He said this to them, this is Jesus speaking to his apostles, It is not for you to know the times or periods that the Father has set by his own authority. I don't know about you, but I'd really like to know what's going on here. (laughs) But I can't. But he goes on, he says, he says this, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you and you will be my witnesses. Here's our mission in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And that hasn't changed. We still have both the honor and the responsibility of being missionaries, of reminding people of who our God is. This is 2,000 years later. It's a powerful thing. And being physically separated for a time doesn't change that. In fact, Paul, the Apostle Paul, the, the writer of the bulk of the New Testament, did most of his work separated from those he was ministering to. And in fact, if he hadn't been separated from them, I don't know that we have any letters to read. And that's hard for us to think about, but it's true that even apart, the Holy Spirit of God and being is upon us and being the people of God is part of both our call and our blessing. And none of what's happened in the last two weeks changes that. I read I'm reminded of of Paul talking to Timothy in 1 Timothy 4, 1, 4 through 7. It says, remembering, remembering your tears, right? And it's what we talked about earlier. I can, almost, I can almost see it if I close my eyes. I long to see so that you may be filled with joy. I recall your sincere faith that first lived in, our, in your grandmother, Lois, and in your mother. I, I know your history. I know your people. I know the joy that I receive when you show up. It sounds like Church. I am convinced it is also in you. And therefore, I remind you to rekindle the gift of God that is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but one of power, love, and sound judgment. The the notion of being scattered is, is something the church has dealt with all of its life. There's even a word for it, diaspora. It's Greek for dispersed, the dispersed people of God. James uses it in James 1, 1, verses 1 through 4. It says, James, a servant of God and the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes dispersed, there it is, abroad, greetings. And then he launches into those words that both cause us to ask ourselves what we can do and challenge us at the same time to say, oh my goodness, can I do? And it's this, it says, Consider it a great joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you experience various trials, because you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And let endurance have its full effect, so that you may be mature and complete, lacking in nothing. Separated, scattered, enduring challenges and difficulties for As I said, 2,000 years we've endured separation and persecution and earthquakes and the black plague and the church, the people of God are still here. And they're still here because our God is still here and Jesus is still here. John 3.16 that we love to recite. It says, for God so loved the world in this way, he gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. Not temporary, not partial, eternal. None of that is changed by the circumstances we are in. And we would do well to remember that in this time to embrace that role, to embrace that reality, to embrace the notion that we are called as the people of God and nothing can separate us from him. The second thing I wanna remind us of this morning is, is what are the factors that define God's church? Because it's, it's not a building. It's not even the ability to meet in the same room all of the time. Gathering is important. You know I believe that with all my heart. I think it's critical to our walk with the Lord. But there are ways to gather, and we'll get into this in a second. There are ways to gather that aren't what we always think are the only ways to gather. So to to, to try to figure this out, of what those defining characteristics of God's church are, we're going to go back to the beginning. We're going to go back to Acts chapter 2, this right after the time of Pentecost when people have been um, speaking in tongues and, and hearing the word of God in their own language from all over the world unexpl- inexplicably and totally amazed and in awe and just going, oh my goodness, and people are being healed and incredible things are happening. And we see this scene with the people of God together in Acts chapter 2, 40 through, through 47 and that tells us what it means to live as the people of God in a trying time. Let's read this real quick. It'll be up on your screen. So Acts chapter 2, it says, "'They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, "'to the fellowship of the breaking of bread and to prayer. "'Everyone was filled with awe, "'and many wonders and signs were being performed "'through the apostles. "'Now all the believers were together "'and held all things in common. "'They sold their possessions and their property "'and distributed the proceeds to all as any had need.'" Every day they devoted themselves to meeting together in the temple, and they broke bread from house to house. They ate their food with joyful and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. Every day the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. We learn first from this tiny little passage, five verses, we learn seven things we learn from this. The first is this, Uh, This this group didn't have their own building. They met in temples, they met in homes, really they met wherever and however they could. What they recognize is the importance of coming together. That was the more important thing. They weren't concerned about what it looked like. They weren't concerned about which songs were played. They weren't concerned. What they were concerned about is getting to know their Lord and Savior. And they were concerned about one another. That's the picture that we see. And they sought every opportunity whenever and however they could meet. I saw a news story from November, just this past November of 2019, about the House of Cornelius. It was a church in China. And the government came in well before corona. They came in and they closed down this church. And they took away the license of the pastor and they dispersed the church. One of the members of the church was quoted as saying this, the more the government persecutes us, the more actively we will share the gospel." As long as we worship God, his temple stays in our hearts. What a powerful, beautiful, and accurate picture of what it means to be the people of God, to not let a changed situation or a dispersion, a separation, change their commitment to who their Lord is. They go on to say, there's more on the story. It said, after the closure, about 200 church members have dispersed into small groups, and now they meet in secret. Small groups, wherever and however they can, they meet. One such meeting is today, right? If we are really worshiping together, if we've taken this time together to pray, and we've taken this time together to chat back and forth, yes, use the feature. It's right there. Use it. We want you to use it because we want to talk to you. It's one of the ways that we can gather in this moment when we cannot physically be together. We've also, if you, you might get a phone call this week, you should get a phone call this week or next, beginning this week or next, from our expanded shepherding team. This group of men and women that has stepped into the gap, they've stepped into the tension and the void and said, yes, Connecting with people, gathering together, staying attached is important enough that I promise, I commit, I will make a phone call, I will write a letter, I'll send a text, I'll send an email, I'll send a snail mail, I'll send a Google Duo, a Facebook, whatever it takes for us to connect, to pray together, to listen, to just be present. No, it's not the same as it was. But the the early church and the church for the last 2,000 years has survived by understanding their commitment to the Lord and to each other. And to gathering whenever and however they can to praise him and gain strength from one another. The second thing we learn is this. They were a learning church. Acts 2.42 says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings. Remember, these were, these were infants in the faith. They were still trying to figure out what this whole thing meant. What is, what is salvation? What is the gospel? What am I supposed to tell people? These are basic things that we kind of think take for granted, but they were hungry, they were thirsting to learn more about who their God is. Learning is part of what it means to be a follower of Christ. We are constantly learning about an infinite God you never stop learning about something bigger than what you can comprehend. They learned about what relationships really look like with one another. They learned about how to get the gospel across to others. The entire book of Acts is the story of the early church, figuring it out, learning from each other. We see in Acts 15, Paul and Peter arguing. The Jerusalem council arguing over who should get into the church and who shouldn't. They hadn't figured that out yet. They were learning as they went. And guess what? We are too. I have learned so much in the last three days. I was telling somebody earlier this week, I said, you know, I haven't been able to personally visit very many people because I'm just not allowed to. I would not have thought I'd be this busy, but I've been crazy busy learning. I've had to track down equipment. I've had to learn how to operate computer systems. I've had to learn to use the new soundboard, which I probably should have figured out already. I had to figure out how to do this, and I'm hoping this works. I'm praying and trusting that God will get this to you on Sunday morning. I I have been so crazy busy learning what it means to be a pastor and more importantly a follower of Jesus Christ in this different way of living. And yeah, that's a little scary sometimes, but for me it's also amazingly exciting. Because that means God is doing something. And that means he gets to we get to be a part of it. And I'm anxious to learn about where he wants us to go next, what he wants us to do, how he wants us to speak, what he wants us to engage with, how he wants to witness and be his people in the world. It is going to look different, at least for this season, at least for the next few weeks or months. We don't stop being the people of God, but we are learning how to do it differently in this time. The next thing we learn is that this is a praying church. Prayer sat at the center of everything they did. This, this, I've spent more time this week in prayer as I know you all have too. It's amazing how much more we can lean in and begin to remember our commitments to pray and to draw closer to God when things go crazy. We're best off doing it when it's not going crazy. (laughs) But now, now is a time when we really do need the strength of the Lord. We have to recognize that we are not gonna be able to figure it all out ourselves. It is only him who will carry us. It is only him who will give us strength. It is only him for which we should be striving and trusting. That's hard to do. But a commitment to prayer recognizes that. It recognizes that he is our source of life, of things eternal, of healing and of salvation. He is our all in all. They knew that. So should we. I love this next one. They were an awe-filled church. They were, everyone was filled with awe. It says in Acts 2.43, everyone was filled with awe and the many wonders and signs were being performed by the apostles. It's like one of my favorite movies is The Incredibles. And there's this scene in The Incredibles where Bob gets out of his car and he in his driveway and he closes his door and he closes his door and there's a little kid on a tricycle just sitting there blowing bubbles and Bob says, "What are you waiting on?" And the kid says, "I don't know. Something amazing." This church, this body of believers fully expected God to do something amazing, not once in a blue moon, but on a daily basis. They were filled with awe at the healing that he could provide in their lives, both spiritually and physically. They were in awe at their they gained understanding of what it meant to know the Lord and to follow the Lord and to see things in light of eternity. It changed the entire way they look at the world. And truthfully, they expected it to be more, even more amazing when they got up today than it was yesterday. And they expected that to continue always, to be amazed. I, I, I don't know about you, but we can get into a pattern where we, we lose sight of the awesomeness of our God because everything becomes normal and everything becomes mundane. The truth is human beings take almost everything for granted the longer it stays the same as a given. We forget the many gifts we've been given and we forget the awesome things that the Lord has done and is still doing in our lives. This first church cultivated that spirit of awe Cultivated that spirit of, of saying, God will do something incredible today. I know he will. I just have to watch for it. And I just have to praise the daylights out of him when it shows up. What a time that we're in right now. Could it be for a time such as this that we need to rekindle that awe remind ourselves and the world who our God is because it needs it bad. I'm taken by this scripture from Matthew 19, 13 through 14, where Jesus speaks about children being brought to him. And it says, the little children were brought to Jesus for him to place his hands on them and pray. But the disciples, they rebuked him. And Jesus said, leave the children alone and don't try to keep them from coming to me because the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. I can't help but think of that little kid blowing bubbles and just saying, I'm waiting for something amazing because don't kids always believe that something amazing can happen? And don't they trust their dad to make it happen? That's what it means to be the people of God, to recognize that has his children, he wants to give us good gifts. He is watching out for us. He is, by nature, awesome. And we should be in awe of it. The fifth thing is they were a connected church. Acts 44 says, Now all the believers were together, and they held all things in common. So how do we stay connected when we're... <laughs> split out. Well, Paul wrote letters. They wrote letters back and forth, and they tried to communicate and connect that way. They sent messengers back and forth. Well, we're going to have to be creative. We can't send messengers back and forth. We can call each other, not just text. I really mean call each other. We, We can write letters back and forth. We could do that too, we could study scripture together, you know, that if you have a smartphone or a computer, you can set up an account in Uversion or the Bible app, whatever one you wanna call it, and, and connect with one another. If you look up at Gretna Life, you will see that we have our own connection. We have our own, our own account. And you can see all the other members of Gretna that have friended that account that are connected to it, and you can connect with each other. I'm so blessed to wake up every morning and get an email that says, hey, your friend Keith Smith is starting a new Bible plan today. Your friend Bill Watkins is starting a new Bible plan today. Your friend Jessica Hudson is starting a new Bible plan today. That is such an encouragement to me, and it can be to you too, and I want it to be. And that's one of the ways that we stay connected in this different and new world. Is it weird? Yep. Is it scary? Maybe so, but the church of Acts knew they had to stay connected even if they were separated. And we have to know the same. If, if being uncomfortable is keeping you from establishing those connections, I would beg you to get over the uncomfortable because those connections are so critical to your walk with the Lord in your walk with one another. We're gonna be also doing more. We're gonna to try to put together some online Bible studies. Nita Wilkinson already does one on Facebook. If you connect with her, she sends out a set of scriptures. You work on them and once a month, so you were meeting up. She says, maybe we'll do an online meeting. Where we'll meet together once a month to kind of go over things. I'm working on a men's Bible study. And of course, you're gonna have your shepherds calling you every week, to talk to you. Please talk to them. Please connect with them. Please tell them if you're scared. Please tell them if you need prayer. Please tell them if you need financial help. Because the next thing we see here is that they were a sharing church. Verse 45 says, they sold their possessions and property and distributed the proceeds to all as they had need they distributed to all as they had need so the person who keeps emptying out walmart's toilet paper so i can't get any stop it i'm just kidding it's fine huh and bacon tom says and bacon can't find that either the church the first church in these difficult times when there were some in need and some who did who had nothing knew that they, the only people they really had to depend on in these difficult times were each other. And Tom made allusion to tithes and offerings. We took time to do that. I want you to know something, some housekeeping. I want you to know that, that we are going through all the budgets for all the ministries right now. We are cutting back on expenses that don't need to be made because we anticipate that in the coming weeks and months, there will be needs. And we're required and honored to share those things with one another. If you need help, I would encourage you, call the church, tell your shepherd, reach out to one another, don't wait, please. That's what we're called to do is be there for one another in difficult times. Because God's church is a sharing church. We also learn that they were a joyful church. It says they ate their food with joyful and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. Joy, joy, and all this we've just talked about that was uber serious, right? We've talked about praying and being filled with awe and being connected and learning and growing and pushing, and they were filled with joy, The joy of the Lord will be my strength, right? They were filled with the presence of the Holy Spirit, knowing and anticipating that they've been called to something incredible. They've been given a blessing and a a gift that they could not possibly pay back. And it says, it's powerful that it says they were a joyful church. In the midst of difficulty, in the midst of uncertainty, in the midst of new things and turmoil and chaos, they were joyful. They were joyful because they had each other and they were joyful because they had the Lord. world could use a little joy too. <laughs> the last thing is this. Acts 2.47 Every day, the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. Well, wouldn't you look at that? In the midst of difficult times, in the midst of having to hide from others, in the midst of having to keep their meetings a secret, the church grew. I don't know about you, but In this time when it feels like everything's discombobulated and I'm just trying to keep my head above water and trying to meet up with people and meet needs and learn new things and fill this gap and that gap and I don't know what tomorrow's gonna hold, it's really hard for me to see the church growing. And yet what I see is this picture of this group of people who are daring enough to do life together, who are daring enough to learn and constantly yearn and grow, that are daring enough to trust God, that are daring enough to wake up every morning and say, God, I know you got something awesome planned today and I'm just ready to watch. That are daring enough to tell each other when they need things and they need help instead of trying to hide it and trying to gut it out. And that we're daring enough to let the world see the joy that they found in the Lord and the church grew. I I really do believe that the church can grow in this time, that it can multiply its influence in the world around us. Today I came home and my wife was crying because uh, the governor, Mike DeWine, uh, read Psalm 23 out loud on the news because a friend of his had died and he was sad <laughs> and he was turning to the Lord. <laughs> they try not to do those things. We try not to let our, our faith known sometimes, but sometimes in, in the worst Times, we find out what we're made of. We find out who we're gonna lean on. Are we gonna lean on God or are we gonna try to lean on our own understanding? And mental note, God says that's a bad idea. The influence we can have on the world right now because it needs a savior. It, it tangibly feels and understands it needs a savior more than it did two weeks ago. That impact, that capacity is incredible. incredible. And it's in those situations throughout the life of the church in which it has grown and flourished. It's because the people of God stop at that time and they are reminded of who they are and what they were made for and that their Lord is present in the midst of all of it. And that is a light that no one can deny seeing. Be that I hope you're lighting up the chat board with prayers right now I hope you're engaging with one another and I hope you're answering the phone when your shepherd calls and I'm hoping you're telling them everything you need and I'm hoping beyond all hopes that you are on your knees praying for the Lord to do something incredible and in awe every day knowing that he will knowing that our God is an awesome God who was and is and is yet to come. That is the church. And that is who we are, whether we are in this building or not. Thank you. Thank you, Brother John. That was amazing. Thank you. Oh. Yeah. We made it. Yeah, I think we did. We're gonna, we're gonna close in prayer in a second, but first some housekeeping things, I wanna let you know, uh, to remind you, if you have not yet downloaded the app, I would encourage you to do that, especially now. Uh, you can go back and hear our sermons, but most importantly, and there's lots of resources too, but most importantly, there's a prayer wall there. And any prayers you gave this morning in the chat room will, will be transferred to that this afternoon. And, and the prayer wall, especially in time when we can't meet, is a great way to stay caught up on what's going on, when, how, and why. I would also like to encourage you that the, uh, the chat room that's open will be open for 15 minutes after church is is, after I say this prayer, just we're still there. We didn't go anywhere and you can always call me or text me or email me or all those different ways I've said, happily. I will talk to you and speak with you because I have a God to tell you about who's pretty amazing. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Yes, I know it sound like an advertisement, but it's important uh, because we post updates there regularly. And I just want to keep you up to speed and let you know what's going on. You can check our website. Um, we also update there. There's a great thing from uh, Stephen Cole, the director of the Brethren Church. I would encourage you to watch that if you have a few minutes of your time. Either way, we hope this has been a blessing upon you. It's been a blessing on me just to be a part of it. And I'm so thankful to Gregory. I'm thankful for the Vineyard Church for loaning us equipment to pull this off. Thank you, especially Garrett Oliver. I'm thank, thankful Brian at JCR Studios for being willing to take my phone calls in a panic today and going, I need help. And him saying, I got your back brother. Why? Because we're the church and we're here for one another. So let's, close in prayer Father God Oh, what an honor it is to serve you we know you told your prophet Joshua to be strong and courageous and you repeated that phrase so often Uh, not because I would guess because he was already strong and courageous but because he needed the encouragement In times when we feel overwhelmed, times such as now when things seem difficult and upended and out of control, Lord God, we need your encouragement and we need your strength. We thank you for the opportunity to read your word, to dig deeply into it. We thank you for the many ways you've given us that we can connect with one another in this time. And we thankful. We are thankful that your spirit is present. We are thankful that you provide for us. We are thankful that you let us be your light in the world. I pray a blessing upon all those who are watching and here. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May His face shine upon you. May He grant you favor and give you peace thank you. Remember, we are the church. We are his people. He has anointed us. He has empowered us. And he walks with us in this world. It is in Jesus' holy name that we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us today.